Um, I want to say a huge thank you to some people in the room before we get started. Um, I have the unbelievable privilege of being youth pastor here. But you know what? If I did it on my own, it would be rubbish. And I would be, yeah, it would be rubbish. And I really want to appreciate um, not just the youth leaders that are here from Zion, but also youth leaders that are here from, another, from other churches as well. So if you're part of the youth team or a youth team, could you stand to your feet, please? So if you're a crew leader or you help in Excel or you're part of the worship band or you're part of the youth team at another church, um, stand to your feet. Guys, can you do me a massive favour and give these guys a huge round of applause and thank them for all of the hard work and the effort that they put in. Cheers, guys. You can take your seat. Genuinely, these guys are my heroes. Um, I am excited for Christmas. Is anybody else excited for Christmas? Oh, I am so excited. Do you know, Christmas can give people a lot of different memories. I've got some mad Christmas memories. I remember um, chatting to my nan um, about some of her Christmas memories. And she, uh, my nan lived through the Second World War. Um, she was evacuated up to Derbyshire. Um, but before that happened, uh, she lived in Liverpool. And on Christmas Eve, her house was bombed. And in the middle of the night, she had to run down to the, to the shelter in the basement. And she got down there. Her house was blown to smithereens on Christmas Eve. And she said on Christmas Day, they ate their Christmas Day lunch in the cellar on their front door. Isn't that an incredible memory? We were watching Narnia and talking about the war. And I suddenly remembered, like, that's really sad that their house was bombed on Christmas Eve. But what an incredible memory to sit in the cellar on Christmas Day with your family, eating it off your front door. Nowadays, PVC doors just it wouldn't work that way, would it? Um, I remember when I was 18, um, I was away on my gap year with a, a, an organisation called Youth for Christ. No, that, that, was, that was your opportunity, Laura, to, to cheer for your workplace. I knew Beth, I knew Jack and Jess and anyone else here representing Youth for Christ. Okay, I'll try again. Um, so when I was 18, I was away on my gap year for Youth for Christ. And um, I came back uh, to Liverpool for the Christmas holiday season. And before I went on my gap year, I used to help in the kids team at our church. My mum used to lead... Thank you. Uh, my mum used to lead the kids' work in our church. She used to run a kids' club called Gophers because Gophers go for God. Wow. Aren't you pleased I named the youth stuff here and not my mum? Because it would all be called Gophers and we'd be like, yeah, go for Jesus, everybody. Anyway, so I used to help out with that and my mum used to give me um, like a little small group and she used to give me all the most difficult kids because uh, my mum loves me very much. And um, I went back at Christmas to go and see the Gophers Christmas Nativity. And I got there, got to our church, and uh, my mum looked really stressed. And I was like, Mum, is everything all right? She was like, no, no, Joseph hasn't turned up. Joseph is not here. I've got no one to be Joseph. I was like, oh, Mum, that's, that's really tough. Let me know if I can do anything. Um, I'll help you out, whatever I can do. Ten minutes later, my mum comes back to me with a tea towel in one hand and a dressing gown in the other. And my mum says, Andrew, because my mum calls me Andrew, I really need you to be Joseph. And I was like, are you having a laugh, mum? I was like, this is ridiculous. Mary is seven. I am 18 and I am six foot. She is seven and two foot. 
And my mum said, I have got no other options. Can you please be Joseph? So at the age of 18, I stepped in to the role of Joseph in a child's nativity play. It was hilarious. So I came on, and I'm coming on, and I had to, I had to walk on with Mary. So I'm walking on like this, and then Mary's like this. And it was so embarrassing. We were the first people on. We had to sit on these two chairs at the front. You know those like tiny little primary school chairs? That now it's only big enough or it's too big, it's too small for me to fit both cheeks on. So I spent the whole play just swapping which cheek I put on the chair. And I sat there and I was there in a dressing gown with a tea towel on. And I had to be Joseph halfway through the nativity. All of my mates walked in. And honestly, I was like, I want to die. And I'm just sat there with shepherds and donkeys and wise men around me. And I've just got a tea towel over my face, just praying that Jesus comes back. I'm like, just beam me up, Jesus. Like, it was horrific. And I look back on that. I tried to get some pictures. My mum worked really hard, searched everything. We couldn't find any pictures, which is really sad. Um, But that was a really funny moment. And do you know what? I had to shrink myself down into a child's role. I was 18, I was a man pretty much, and um, I had to step into a role that was a child. And you know, at Christmas time, we celebrate the birth of Jesus. And I think Christmas is absolutely incredible, not just because of presents and food and chocolate. All of that stuff is great, not forgetting time off school, which is the best part of Christmas. But even better than all of that is what Jesus did and what God does for us. In Philippians 2, verse 5 to verse 8, it says this. It's going to come up on the screens. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. So this is a guy called Paul. He's talking to some people in Philippi, and he's telling them, this is how you should act, and this is what God is like. Who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking on the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. What Jesus does and what God does at Christmas time is remarkable because he, God steps out of heaven and the creator becomes the created. He shrinks himself down. He gives up all of his godlike privileges and steps into a human body so that you and I can know God. I think it is absolutely incredible. You know, God, the title of my talk tonight is The Father's Christmas because Christmas is all about God the Father wanting a relationship with you. And tonight at the end of, of my talk, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, to say yes to God and, and become a Christian. And that might be something that you want to respond to tonight. Guys over there, if you can listen up, that would be great. Um, but what the Father does here is he steps out of heaven and into human form to walk this earth so that you and I can know him. That is absolutely massive. And when I was thinking about how best to try and describe this to you, um, I thought of one of my favourite films. It's a film called Finding Nemo. Anyone like Finding Nemo? Have a look at this clip. It's got some Polish, I think, subtitles, because it's the only version I could find on YouTube. But have a look. This is a clip from Finding Nemo. 
was taken away from me. <gasps> no way. No, 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 kids. I, I, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, well, okay. I, I live on this reef a long, long way from here. Oh, boy. This is going to be good. I can tell. And my son, Nemo, he was mad at me. And maybe he wouldn't have done it if I hadn't been so tough on him. I don't know. Anyway, he swam out in the open water to this boat, and when he was out there, these divers appeared, and I, I tried to stop them, but, but the boat was too fast. So we swam out in the ocean to follow him. We couldn't stop him. And then Nemo's dad, he swam out to the ocean, and they bumped into the three, three ferocious sharks. sharks. He scares away the sharks by blowing them up. Golly, that's amazing. And then dives thousands of feet straight down into the dock. It's like wicked dark down there. You can't see a thing. How's it going, Bob? And the only thing I can see down there is the knife and this big, horrible creature with razor's jaw. Jeez, a nice panty here, man. And then he has to blast his way out of the sea. fisherman searching the ocean for days on the East Australian current. Which means that he may be on his way here right now. That should put him in Sydney Harbour in a matter of days. I mean, it sounds like this guy's going to stop at nothing until he finds his son. I sure hope he makes it. There's one dedicated father, if you ask me. That's one dedicated father, if you ask me. It sounds like this guy is going to stop at nothing until he's reunited with his son. Christmas is a time where the father stopped at nothing to be reunited with you. God is one dedicated father to being in relationship with you. So much so that he gave up. He left heaven and became a baby for you. Like if I was God announcing myself to the world, I'd have blown up Mount Everest and been like, hello everyone, I am God. And come like muscly and everything. But but God doesn't come like that. God comes to the earth in the form of a baby, a helpless little tiny baby. And it is incredible what God does. That's how much God loves you. He did, he did all of that for you. Like if we forget the cross for a moment and Jesus dying on a cross, which is incredible, and Jesus rising from the dead, that's amazing. But what he does is he leaves heaven to come to meet us on earth no other religion celebrates a god that does that god steps onto the earth so that you and i can know him and i think it's absolutely incredible and you know you might not call yourself a christian um but god did that for you god stepped into the world for you you might call yourself a christian and sometimes you might forget it but god stepped into our world for you as well. God left heaven to become one of us. Does anyone watch I'm a Celebrity? Or was watching I'm a Celeb? Um, you can put your hands down now. Um, Scarlett Moffat won I'm a Celebrity. And um, loads of people really liked her. I really liked her. I thought she was brilliant. And the reason I think a lot of people liked her is because she is a celebrity because she watched TV. That's how she has become a celebrity. So she watched TV, then has become somebody that we now watch on TV. And we, who watch TV, love the girl who used to watch TV, who's now on TV. She, in our world, the reason that loads of the public like her is because she is one of us, and she has become one of them. And we sit there watching her on I'm a Celeb going, oh, that's so cool. I could see myself doing that because I was, I'm watching the TV now and she was watching the TV and now she's friends with all the celebrities like Larry Lamb and Joel Donut and all those guys. And we're, we're looking at her going, that could be me. And do you know what? God did it the other way around. 
is God left being one of them to become one of us. And he did it all for you. And he did it for every one of us. I remember a few years ago driving in my car actually up to Liverpool to see my family for Christmas. And uh, I was listening to the radio, listening to talk sport. And they started having this discussion saying, well, Christmas is about the birth of Jesus. And I was like, oh, come on. I was tuning in to listen about Liverpool. But they started talking about this and they said, it's about the birth of Jesus and it's a Christian holiday. Therefore, only Christians should be able to celebrate Christmas, discuss. And they opened the phone lines. And I thought, I'm going to phone in. So I phoned this radio station in and I said, look, I want you to know that Jesus didn't just come for Christians. Jesus didn't just come to help religious people to be a crutch for the week. Jesus didn't just come for that. Jesus came for the whole world, each and every one. And those of you that were here this morning at our service, you'd have heard about the shepherds and how how they were the lowest of the low. Yeah, the angel appeared to them and they were amongst the first to see the baby Jesus, because Jesus came for everybody. I want to look um, at a Bible story that's not necessarily to do with the nativity um, and the Christmas story. And it's a story in the Bible that I reckon the majority of you will never have heard before. Um, And it is a story about a guy called Mephibosheth. Everyone say Mephibosheth. So if you're struggling with it, it's Mephibosheth. Sheth. Mephibosheth. Congratulations, you've just learned a word in the Bible. So Mephibosheth is the, was the king's grandson. So Saul was the king, Jonathan was Saul's son, and then Mephibosheth was one of Jonathan's sons. Now Saul the king got overthrown, and what happened in those days is when the king got overthrown, all of his descendants and all of his family were killed. So if if, if I was killed, well, that's a bad example. If my dad was king and he was overthrown, then I would be killed because the person overthrowing the king would want to wipe out all of, all of my dad's descendants. So I would be wiped out. And uh, when the king is overthrown and his family hear about this, Mephibosheth is a, is a young boy and he's got a nurse, like a, like a nanny who looks after him. And uh, she picks him up. And they, and they run for their lives. And she, she carries Mephibosheth and they run for safety. And what happens is, is the nurse, the nanny, drops Mephibosheth on the way. And the Bible says that Mephibosheth, as a result of the nurse dropping him, became lame in both feet, is what the Bible says. So he was lame in both feet. He couldn't walk properly. And uh, Mephibosheth lived in a place that was far away from the palace. And he was in hiding from the king. And we're going to read this together. It's in 2 Samuel chapter 9. Again, it's going to come up on the screen and it says this. David asked who was the new king. So this is David who is the new king. He said, is there anyone still left of the house of Saul to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Now, there was a servant of Saul's household named Ziba. Everyone say Ziba. They summoned him to appear before David and the king said to him, are you Ziba? At your service, he replied. The king asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show God's kindness? Remember, he was supposed to kill everybody in Saul's family, but he's wanting to show kindness. Ziba answered the king, there is still a son of Jonathan. He is lame in both feet. Where is he? The king asked. Ziba answered, he is at the house of Micaiah, son of Amiel in Lodabar. 
So David had them brought from Lodabar, from the house of Micaiah, son of Emil. Oh, that was a mouthful. When Mephibosheth, son of Jonathan, the son of Saul, came to David, he bowed down to pay him honor. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Don't be afraid. It's easy for you to say. David said to him, for I will surely show you kindness for the sake of your father, Jonathan. I will restore to you all the land that belonged to your grandfather, Saul, and you will always eat at my table. Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Sad. Then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. You and your sons and your servants are to farm the land for him and bring in the crops so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth's grandson of your master will always eat at my table. Then the next bit. Then Ziba said to the king, your servant will do whatever my lord, the, my lord the king commands his servant to do. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. Mephibosheth had a young son named Micah, and all the members of Ziba's household were servants of Mephibosheth. And Mephibosheth lived in Jerusalem because he always ate at the king's table. He was lame in both feet. This is an amazing story. Can you imagine what it was like to be Mephibosheth? You spent your whole life in hiding from the king. You're hiding, you're fearing your life, and then one day somebody turns up and says, the king wants to speak to you. Like, I know what it was like when I was at school, when you'd be sat in a lesson and a teacher would come in and knock on the door and say, excuse me, can I just borrow Andy Hancock, please? Um, his head of the year wants a word. And that moment, I still get it now, when I'm sat in my office and Leon comes and knocks on the door and goes, Andy, have, have you got two minutes so I can speak to you? I'm like... Oh, no, what have I done? Like, that fear comes back because I'm just used to being in trouble. And, and imagine what that was like for Mephibosheth as he's coming towards the king and the king says, Mephibosheth. And he's like, boom, 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 boom. Like, his heart is going like mad. And yet the king says, I want you to come and eat at my table. I want you to come and basically be one of my sons. It's an incredible, powerful story. And I think this story is all about an invitation to adoption. Now, I know for some of you, when I, when I talk about adoption, it can, it can uh, conjure up all, all sorts of feelings and thoughts and emotions. But what I want to say is, God here in the Christmas story and in this story of Mephibosheth, God is inviting us to be adopted into his family. That's what's going on here. There's a couple of uh, points that I want to bring out, and then we're going to pray together, and then maybe have a little bit of a party to finish. Um, the character Zeba. Zeba has this amazing privilege. Um, Zeba is the carrier of the invitation. Imagine how excited Zeba is when he's, when he's going to find Mephibosheth and he's going, he's going to find him and he's like, Mephibosheth, you are not going to believe what the king wants to do for you. Like how excited he is to knock on his door and, and, and tell him all this good news. Imagine what it was like being Angel Gabriel in the Christmas story. Is that you're chilling in heaven and God calls you in and he's like, Angel Gabriel, I've got a job for you. You're going to go and tell Mary that she's going to have God's baby. And like imagine 
like all the angels just having a little coffee and Angel Gabriel going, you'll never guess what I'm going to do tomorrow. Like, imagine how excited they would be. Imagine how excited Gabriel was to come and tell Mary, Mary, you're going to have God's baby and you're going to be remembered for thousands of years and God is going to come to earth through you. Imagine the privilege that Gabriel had. And guys, if you are a Christian here tonight and you know Jesus, you have that privilege because you are a carrier of the good news. You carry the invitation. So often when we think about talking to our mates about Jesus, we get scared and we get terrified and we don't want to do it. I want you guys to know that it is a huge privilege to be able to tell your mates about Jesus. Zeba here is excited to tell Mephibosheth the good news. Angel Gabriel would have been excited to tell Mary the good news. I want to tell you guys that you have a huge privilege of carrying that invitation. Whether it's at Christmas time or any other time of the year. When you sit in your classroom or your college room or your workplace or wherever you are most of the time. And you're around people that don't know Jesus you have an incredible privilege because you are a carrier of the invitation and you are a carrier of good news, just like Zeba, just like the angel Gabriel. I think my second point is that Mephibosheth um, is a little bit sad. It says um, over in a, a verse earlier, uh, verse 8, it says this, Mephibosheth bowed down and said, what is your servant that you should notice a dead dog like me? Not even that you should notice a dog like me. That's bad enough. But he says that you should notice a dead dog like me. That's, that's pretty low self-esteem, isn't it? Like, we talk a lot about people having low self-esteem and, and a poor self-image. Mephibosheth sees himself as a dead dog. Like, I'm not sure you can get much lower than that. But yet here, the king invites him to come and eat at his table. He says, I want you to come and be in my presence every day. I want you to come and eat at my table because I want to treat you like one of my sons. I want to adopt you into my family. And you know, the shepherds, like I mentioned before, were the lowest of the low. Um, they weren't allowed to go into the temple because they, shepherds were considered unclean because they handled dead bodies. They handled dead sheep all the time. And they were considered unclean. But yet, when Jesus comes to the earth as a baby, again, the angel Gabriel goes and appears and says to the shepherds, you're invited to this party. And you know, if you're not a Christian, or even if you are, and you have got a low opinion of yourself, that you might recognize what Mephibosheth says there about why would you recognize a dead dog like me? I want you to know that you are invited to the king's table this Christmas. And, you know, Jess spoke to us at the last Threads AM, um, for those of you were, that were there, that, um, that God sees you. And I know that was powerful for so many of you, and I want to re-emphasize that point, is that God sees you. Even if you see yourself as a dead dog, God sees you for more than that. And then the final point is that when Mephibosheth sits at the king's table, you can no longer see his lame feet. Because when he sits at the king's table, 
he sits there as a son. The Bible, right at the end of that passage, says Mephibosheth was there and he was lame in both feet. That's what we know about Mephibosheth, that he was lame in both feet. But when he sits at the table, you can't see his feet. And you know, when you sit in the presence of God, God doesn't look at you and see all your faults, all the mistakes that you've made, all the times that you've messed up. But when we accept the invitation, God sees you for who you are and for who he created you to be. And he sees you as perfect. And I think that is huge. When, when, uh, when Jesus comes to earth at Christmas time, he breaks the barriers of everything. And he invites us to be adopted into God's family, to sit at his table to be son or daughter of the father. And you know, for some of you, experience of a father on this earth might be pretty bad. And I get that. But you know, God is a perfect father. And some of you, your experiences of fathers will be really good. But that's one of the reasons why I loved that Finding Nemo clip. Because there is a father who will stop at nothing to be reunited with his son. And God is a father who stopped at nothing to be reunited with you. You need to know that God is a good, good father. Someone should write a song about that. Um, Band, if you can make your way back to stage, we're going to pray in a minute. Um, God is a good father. God is a father who will stop at nothing. God is a father who is one dedicated father, a father who comes down to our level, who invites us in, who levels the table and invites us to sit at that table, who shows us grace and mercy. God is a father who loves us for who we are. I wonder whether you guys would just close your eyes for a moment. And what I want to do is I want to give you guys an opportunity um, to respond tonight. I want to give you an opportunity to say that you want to become a Christian, that you want to follow Jesus. And I'm going to say I want this, um, I want you to respond if this is the first time that you're responding. So keep your eyes closed, but I'm going to explain what's going to happen. In a moment, I'm going to leave a couple of moments of silence for you to think and pray and hear from God yourself. And then after that, I'm going to say, if anybody wants to become a Christian tonight, would you stand up? Now, don't do it yet, but I'm going to invite you to stand up to say yes to God, okay? Then I'm going to pray for you. And then I'm going to ask you to sit down. But what I'd also, what is also going to happen is when you stand up and when you say yes to God, you're going to invite God into your life and say yes to that invitation to be adopted into his family. And before you go tonight, what I'd love you to do is to chat to one of the youth team. Um, So whether you've come with your youth leader from another church or whether you know the youth team here, 
but just chat and, and say, can you pray for me? Because I, I stood up to make that decision. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray, leave a moment of silence, invite you to stand, then I'm going to pray, and then we're going to sing together. So let me pray. God, I thank you that you are a good father. God, I thank you that you broke the barriers of everything to step into our world so that we could be united with you. God, I pray right now for all of us. God, would you would you come and meet with us? God, I pray particularly for those that don't yet know you. God, that perhaps their heart is pounding. God, would you come and meet with them? And God, we pray for courage to take that step towards you. leave just a couple of moments of silence for you to have your own time with God and then I'm going to invite you to stand if that's you and you want to accept the invitation to be adopted into God's family maybe for the first time you've never done it before everyone's going to keep their eyes closed but if that's you could you stand to your feet please time I think there's more people okay, I'm gonna pray in fact I'm gonna pray line after line and I want everybody whether you're standing or sitting to, to repeat after me but if you are standing, then I want you to pray it to God and mean it. Okay, so we're all going to pray together. Dear God, I thank you that you love me. I thank you that you stepped out of heaven for me. God, I invite you into my life. Would you come and live in my heart I'm sorry for the things that I've done that are wrong God I want to follow you Amen Amen Thank you guys you can take your seats please do if you stood up please do come and speak to one of the youth team afterwards